All right. So yeah, my 19 then is uh, Onward, which was the first Pixar film that came out this year. Yeah, the I knew there was another Pixar movie that I didn't see. Yeah, and this one was actually in the theaters. It wasn't in. Uh, it wasn't like straight to Disney Plus because we saw this probably a week before. Uh, oh, so uh, this is down. your last theater experience. Yeah, until and outside one, of Tenet, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this this was the last one before you know in the before times, uh, the before trilogy. <laughs> yeah, BC before COVID. Uh, yeah, and Onward was a was a solid Pixar movie. It's definitely not one of my favorites, um, but I would uh, yeah I would revisit Onward. I think it was actually a a nice story, and it was about these. Uh, so it's in this like fantasy world. Uh, and these two brothers are basically trying to um, their their father passed away and they're trying to basically like resurrect him in a way through magic. Uh, oh wow! I can't remember exactly exactly you know the the rules of this whole Pixar world. Pixar but always tries to go deep at least. It's always about you know a dead parent or uh, yeah something yeah. But so, uh, this year it's all about death with Pixar. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, and uh, it was uh, like it was a fun world, fun movie, and everything. Uh, it just it's not as memorable as a lot of the other Pixar movies. I feel like you could, at this point, Pixar has been like releasing more and more movies. You know, like especially two in a year, which I feel like they didn't do in the past. Um, so you can kind of tell it's like Soul is sort of their top tier mm-hmm. uh, movie that they're releasing, and then sure. Onward was more of like their lesser. Sure um yeah. smaller scale one yeah um uh, but yeah still a solid still a solid pixar movie and uh yeah i mean it's tom holland chris pratt and julia louis dreyfus so yeah it's good cast too yeah good <laughs> yeah. voices yeah good voices uh yeah that's that's onward all right onward and onward. so onward we go to yes. my number 19 uh which is another uh dc movie uh, that I think you saw, it's uh, Margaret Robbie's Birds of Prey, mm. and I think it's very much Margaret Robbie's movie, also because I think she produced it and like was a big uh, uh, catalyst in getting it uh, made because she wanted to make like a a cool superhero movie based off her, the character that she's really into playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think like you, I. Uh, I liked Birds of Prey. I think most people did. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very. I thought it was very well done. Very cool. Um, but at the same time, I will. I will also say that I am not very. I did not personally care that much about the Harley Quinn movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I was happy that it was like well done and stuff and kind of cool. But at the same time, it wasn't a big deal uh, for me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. It, it, yeah, like, uh, I don't know any of these other characters really. Um, I guess I know like Black Mask and like the the main and actual villains in this, but like Huntress, Black Canary, like yeah, I don't really know who these characters are. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it for what it yeah. was. And I actually from Suicide Squad, I really think the only positive part of it was Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Like she really. Yeah does that character well um mm-hmm. and so yeah i think this was 
this is probably my favorite of the DC, the new like DC universe out of all the movies. Yeah, I can see that. Probably my favorite. Um, I thought like that interesting, like fun house maze. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. Action sequences were kind of fun. Like uh, kind of punk, punk rock sort yeah. of deal. I like that too. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just happy, you know, at least that I can say that there are things I like about it. And there were like, as it yeah. was, happy i'm like i was like oh i like the way you know they're telling the story you know this way like self-aware but not like deadpool cringe self-aware um for me at least uh and i would i would be like oh this is a sweet action scene you know stuff like that and so it's nice to be able to like at least point that stuff out rather than when i bring up wonder woman and i'm kind (laughs) of like you know wonder woman doesn't totally sucked it was just you know not that great (laughs) you know like (laughs) Um, but you know, but still, uh, birds of prey is not a huge, uh, deal for me, but I'm happy that, you know, it was good, yeah. you know, that, and that I'm not talking about it towards, uh, the bottom of my list or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's basically all I could ask for from like one of these superhero movies is just, uh, yeah, I guess an enjoyable movie with a little bit of humor, but it doesn't go mm-hmm. too overboard with yeah, like the Deadpool one-liners yeah and it, and i know it's not like three hours and it's not yeah. like building a whole nother world the fact that it isn't like trying to create a whole universe out of it too isn't very nice to mm-hmm. just like to have a standalone um franchise a standalone uh self-contained superhero movie is very rare nowadays yeah absolutely yeah birds of prey birds of prey all right um okay and my number 18 uh was borat which we covered oh yeah which we talked about and um uh yeah i thought i've actually thought about your like points you made last night on it and it motivated me to like maybe i don't know if i'll check it out again but it made me rethink hmm maybe i wasn't totally like giving it the chance that you know i should have (laughs) you know and like because i was like wow it's nice that but I was like, wow, it's nice that John uh, enjoyed that part of it. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I did. <laughs> I found I found like so much uh, like euphoria watching them at the end after the whole Giuliani thing when they're like running down the street hand in hand and Borat's in like lingerie. Yeah. yeah. I was like really happy for them in that moment for these ridiculous characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that really that I think more so than anything it just like shocked me about how much i cared about this relationship yeah i felt like such a dick when you were explaining that because i didn't (laughs) when i was watching i was like i didn't care about that character at all i barely remembered her (laughs) you you ruthless asshole yeah (laughs) (laughs) you insensitive asshole sensitive asshole yes uh yeah if you maybe if you go back and just watch some clips on youtube you'd yeah definitely but yeah That, that was my personal takeaway yeah um but yeah, that's that's Borat, I guess. Uh, um, so you're number 18, 18 right? Yep. Mine is Hubie Halloween, which we talked about. Nice. All right. Uh, all right. Then my 17 is uh, Freaky. I don't know if you've seen Freaky. No. So oh, Fre- yeah. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I did not see it. So yeah, Freaky is Vince Vaughn. Uh, horror. Like, it's uh, not really. It's not really a horror comedy it's definitely leans more on the comedy than horror but uh mm. um yeah sure wish i saw it yeah it was enjoyable i think 
so the, the the premise is uh, a mystical ancient dagger causes a notorious serial killer who's Vince Vaughn to switch bodies with a 17-year-old girl. So it's the whole sort of switch bodies trope. And a lot of the humor is, you know, centered upon the fact that Vince Vaughn is playing like a... A little girl. Yeah, like a 17-year-old girl. He switches with... uh, What's the actress's name? Oh, yes, I should remember. Uh, Catherine Newton. I think I've uh, seen her. She's also in Lady Bird, Three Billboards, um, Blockers. Yeah, she's... Oh, yeah, Blockers is what I remember her from... Um, yeah, so she's huge. <laughs> yeah, and she was she was really good in this because she is then for the most for most of the movie playing this serial killer in this you know girl's body, uh, but she's actually like she pulls so off. They switch faces, or is it Freaky Friday? No, no, it's it's like Freaky Friday. They switch. Okay, that yeah. okay. Um, so there, yeah. So Vince Vaughn is is um, playing a seventeen year old girl in his own body pretty much um and vice versa but Catherine newton is really good at playing uh, like a very sinister uh evil person um but yeah so a lot of the humor is is centered upon the fact that they're switched bodies obviously yeah it seems kind of uh tired and uh (sighs) just not not super original but uh, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing but i feel like if i saw this when i was in like eighth grade it would be like um you know my favorite movie of the year probably uh like i like i think it's when i was watching it i felt like a lot of the humor is probably for uh like high team team boppers yeah um so it didn't like it didn't necessarily make me i didn't turn you off necessarily though yeah exactly it didn't make me laugh a ton but i also found it funny enough and still enjoyable that um had a good time with it yeah well going off your Going off your take that it is like teeny boppers would love it. Uh, the director <laughs> and writer Christopher uh, Landon also made Disturbia, which mm. when I was a teeny bopper was one of my favorite movies. Yeah, Disturbia was for sure like the the movie of like our middle school days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's one of those where the humor... Even though I still think Shia LaBeouf is really, I think he's still really good in it. The humor of the movie doesn't hold up as much necessarily. Yeah, yeah, that's that's same. That's probably the same with with Freaky, I would say. Um, but yeah, that's not that's not to, that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. That's I think yeah. for sure who they were targeting more than yeah uh, more than me. But uh, yeah, it's it was still still solid, and uh, it's nice to see Vince Vaughn doing uh like a comedy yeah yeah (laughs) doing anything yeah 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 like vince vaughn i liked him in uh the new season of curb your enthusiasm how how easy how effortlessly they just throw him in there and be like he's here and now it doesn't matter yeah like he's just here my 17 is uh sophia coppola's on the rocks with Ah. bill murray and rashida jones Yes. I don't know if you watched it or not. No, I I haven't gotten around to Apple TV <laughs> Plus yet. So I, I think we have like an Apple TV subscription with like our new TV or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I was able to watch it. And I think it's the only thing outside of like that Greyhound movie that Tom Hanks directed, oh, which yeah. I don't know if I'll still ever watch it. Um <laughs> 
the only thing reason I was excited about getting Apple TV is like, oh, I could watch the new Sofia Coppola movie. Like <laughs> that's the only way you can see it. Great. Um, and that being said, this is probably Sofia Coppola's worst film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, in my opinion, has made just a bunch of um, masterpieces. So mm -hmm. I don't think that's like a bad thing at all. I just think this is probably her, um, maybe her most safe movie and most laid back movie. Um, and really just, it seemed like one where she wanted to work with old Bill Murray as like a dad and she wanted to work with Rashida Jones and almost just felt like she wanted to make a movie for fun rather than really like go for something. Mm -hmm. um, but nevertheless, I still think this movie's very solid um, and worth watching and better than um, a lot of stuff that comes out, you know, and still yeah. is like, you know, it's like cinema still. So it's like refreshing to watch. Um, uh, but yeah, just felt like it was safe and conservative, but you know, I, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, uh, yeah. the premise is that it, it's like father and daughter and they're trying yes. to save her husband's cheating. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Like, and, uh, Bill Murray likes to drink a lot and he's a fun, carefree guy and <laughs> never would have, how did they come up with that? Um, yeah. But nevertheless, he pulls it off. You know, there's like a great scene where Bill Murray gets pulled over by a cop and then he like, um, he's able to like find out that he knows his dad just through like making small talk with the guy. And then um, he gets off like drunk driving from that. And so it's just that like, um, very effortless Bill Murray charm, mm -hmm. um, and ever I I think everyone likes Rashida Jones. If you don't, who the totally. fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, On the Rocks is is pretty good. <laughs> nice. We talked about this. I'm pretty sure. Um. But Mank is my number sixteen. Oh yeah, yeah. With that, that is uh, going to be coming up on my list later. But yeah, let's uh, talk about it now. Uh, yeah. This is definitely one I got to rewatch. Uh, yeah, Mank, I, uh, I was very excited for because it's uh, David Fincher, obviously, and it has that old classic Hollywood yeah. um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, piece about it, too. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed Mank, but it wasn't necessarily something that I would that uh, I was fully invested in. Not an, e not an easy watch. It's definitely yeah. challenging. Felt um, more like a personal like. I can make this now, so I will, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being the the film nut that he is. Yeah, and I, I think, like, his dad um, co-wrote it. Like, his dad passed ah. away, I believe, but he wrote, like, a first draft of it years ago. And then mm. so David Fincher took that and finally got it made. But, uh, yeah. I feel like it's one of those where, out of all Finchers, where you can really feel the amount of takes being done <laughs> yeah. like it's like exhausting in that way mm -hmm. yeah but so if i had to give like if i was a part of the academy and uh, i had to give my uh best cinema cinematography awards this would definitely be on that list yeah because uh, it looks stunning that's for sure um mm -hmm. I can't 
there's no movie that I've talked about so far that can compete with it, uh, uh, with cinematography wise. Yeah, I, it looked it looked amazing. There was a lot that I really liked about it too. Like I, I guess I don't have uh, I don't have too many like talking points on it, which kind of sucks. Yeah, because I did enjoy it, but yeah, there are a lot of interesting scenes, especially when they're like in the beginning when they're like pitching the story to some studio exec. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things that stood out to me, and uh, yeah, yeah, I liked it overall. There's a lot of just masterfully done stuff, but I also like I, I can see why someone just wouldn't personally like this much because it is kind of exhausting and yeah. um, doesn't try to cater to audiences. It very much tries to uh, just be of that era and um, also like try to create an insanely layered character piece. Um, and with a lot going on, uh, and yeah, I don't totally, uh, I kind of get the movie, but I know there's a lot more to get and I don't know if I will revisit it necessarily for that, but because I, it's not like, I didn't really like love the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, cause on my Fincher list, it would be probably, uh, like towards the bottom, like in front of panic room or something. And that's mm-hmm. because Fincher's made like a, a bunch of awesome movies. Um, yeah. But it's still cool to see like, something like this come out. Um, and the two leads really do fit into that world like so well, especially Amanda uh, Seyfried. I thought she was incredible. Like yeah. <laughs> her screen presence, like, wow. Yeah, um, totally. She And she just has like that classic like marilyn monroe type that any era feel yeah yeah yeah. yeah. which which i didn't really ever think uh would be the case Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah because she always plays someone really modern like in ted 2 she's a cool stoner chick (laughs) (laughs) isn't she in uh mean girls too yeah oh yeah yeah she's like the dumb girl in mean girls I mean, one of the dumb girls, one yeah, of but them, the dumbest, yeah. the dumbest one for sure. Dumbest yeah. Of them all, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was really, uh, she was really great in this. Yeah. Well, there's a scene in Ted Two. I don't know if you ever seen Ted Two. I don't actually where... know if I have either. I've for sure seen Ted One. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You don't yeah. need to spoil. Spoilers do not matter for Ted Two. But I was in the theater, and there's a scene where like they see like a bunch of uh, like a. A bunch of weed in a field oh and, and the jurassic park the jurassic park yeah, theme I comes out that, yeah. and i just like it killed me in the theater <laughs> <laughs> killed me actually that might be the only scene that i remember from ted too yeah I... yeah just like personally that really got to me if you just drop the jurassic park theme for something as silly as like like marijuana i, I just yeah I, yeah i think it's a good bid yeah, that was good. Yeah. yeah. It resonated with you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so number that's your number 17. Uh 16. That was 16. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh my number 16 is uh The Way Back with Ben Affleck. Oh. Yeah, whoa. I I Deep didn't cut. remember at all yeah. what, uh, what the way back was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that come out this year uh, yeah uh, it was one of the first uh movies actually uh of the year and i yeah i'm not gonna lie really like the way back nice i'm a sucker for a good uh 
for a good sports flick. Um, even not good sports flicks, I'm a sucker for. Um, like on my COVID uh, list is like that I watched when I had COVID is like I watched We Are Marshall to start <laughs> my COVID binge. And like I, We Are Marshall has a lot of problems, but I really enjoyed just watching Matthew McConaughey play a football coach, like <laughs> it, like and just be you know just so into like building up this program that's been shattered. Like there's a scene he's like where he meets the head coach of West Virginia, and he's just like, "We're gonna we're thinking about running the Veer," <laughs> and he's like, we're, "And he's and he's like, we're wondering if you could see your playbook." <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, I, I just like sports movies. I think they provide I, like how they're a good template for actors, uh, like for an actor to play a coach. I think I just like to see what they do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben, I think Ben Affleck um, is. This is like a very um, autobiographical role for him because the character is like coming back from a lot of struggle as the title (laughs) obviously points out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he just, he comes off as a very realistic guy in this movie. And also just like, I I really enjoy watching him coach. Like in the first game of the year, they're just getting whooped. And he's just like, he just kind of goes off on the kids and they're, they're in this like Catholic school, but he just can't stop. There's a lot of comedy that he just can't stop cursing. So he's just yelling at the kids. He's like, this is fucking bullshit you're playing out there. And I just thought Affleck kill, kills those, uh, those, mo- those coaching moments uh, where he's really just got to get on the kids and get real with them. And, uh, and then there's a whole other side to it where the, you know, that we've seen in movies and television a lot where he just can't seem to stop drinking. And he's got like, you know, liquor bottles in his desk and, um, and so the story is very predictable, but I, I thought it was just well, well done. And uh, that Affleck was uh, pretty, pretty good in it. Um, I think, I think Ben Affleck's like one of the more uh, not respectable movie stars in yeah. Hollywood, but <laughs> I, you know, I root for him to do well. Um, and uh, the fact that he did in this movie, I, I, you know, I liked. Nice. Yeah. I thought I remember hearing that this was sort of like, uh, like a redemption, like period. Yeah, Ben Affleck. Exactly. A bit, exactly. Like. It's so autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And uh, I can, I, I think a lot of people didn't like it, but I don't know. I, I just did. I didn't see it yet because I, I think I will, based on what you've what you said about it. I think I will get around to it, but. I guess I'm not always really drawn to like sports movies like this. And <laughs> like, I, I I didn't even know what it's like, you know, but I, I do judge uh, like a sports movie like this when I see it, that I just think that it's going to be like sort of sappy and like, yeah, nothing matters more than this high school football game tomorrow, guys. Right. Like, yeah. I don't always get into that, but I definitely like uh, uh, this, this definitely sounds more like real and, um and not yeah. just about like you know yeah maybe. it's not about the big game necessarily yeah. yeah but it is it is sappy and like when the trailer comes out like i remember i think i was seeing uncut gems for the second time or something like that mm-hmm. and i like 
you know, I was very much laughing at the trailer because it does come <laughs> off as like um, super typical sports movie. But now Ben Affleck is the head coach of this basketball team. And not I it wasn't just like me and who I was with laughing like there were other people in the theater who, you know, were are just, you know, you could tell are in touch with movies enough to just like be like, oh, that's hilarious. that this <laughs> movie is coming out. And I think the movie is like typical as well in that aspect. And there's a lot to get out of it um on the sappy side and mm -hmm. that's also why i liked it just because you know i just like weird you know weird typical things that i've seen a bunch of times that are done well um yeah so that's why it's for me i i just like mm -hmm. i like the sports fl flick 15 now 15. okay my 15 is uh birds of prey so yeah all right my number 15 is I don't know if you did this or not. I saw other people were doing it um, for the, on Letterboxd. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you might be, have been one of the guys doing it, which is why I decided. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a culprit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I decided to do it. I was like, oh, it's okay then. Um, I, was, I put like some of Steve McQueen's small axe episodes oh. on my list yeah. to fill only... in the, ga the gaps. I've only seen one, but yeah, I added it to my list. Yeah, yeah, I've se I've seen like two, and they're both on here. I felt like they were, um, they were all like movies. Yeah, that they are. Sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, they are. Maybe I think in past years, maybe people wouldn't add them because there'd be more movies, and it is kind of like a show in a way. Yeah. Um, but well, and it's also because they're just separately, they're individually like they have individual names, like a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, so maybe that's also why. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I I also didn't finish the series. I've only seen two or three. Yeah, I think there's five total, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I should finish it. Yeah, mm -hmm. same. But it was one of those things where I when I saw that uh, Steve McQueen was doing a show, I was like, well, I should really watch that. Yeah, you know, it's gonna <laughs> be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this one is uh, Mangrove. I haven't seen Mangrove. Uh, yeah, the true story of the Mangrove Nine um, and the trial that, that took place at the Old Bailey in uh, uh, 1970. Uh, it's uh, most notably it has Letitia Wright in it from Black Panther. Oh yeah. Um, so this is this is like like the trial of the Chicago Seven. It's it's a courtroom uh, drama. Um, but I think it's uh, it's uh, done a lot better. It's a lot um, it's a lot more memorable, and also it has a lot of uh, it gets you very fueled up uh, for sure um, for the injustice that's being done. Um, there's specifically a really incredibly well shot protest scene um, where like McQueen just knows like where to put the camera, like in the middle of the action, uh, to just make it extra intense and really cinematic like i remember he was he did that a lot in widow widows and uh mm -hmm. 12 years a slave um and so not only is like the injustice um illustrated here just it's illustrated really well but also the way it affects like the family involved um is also very um sad and touching uh so that being said i think yeah you can you can definitely say that this is a quality like film Mm -hmm. on its own um okay it's like i'm trying to look for the 
the run times, yeah, it's like over two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's so, yeah. <laughs> and it's um, got a lot of drama, a lot of intense moments, and uh, and it, yeah, it just has like a lot more to say than probably everything I've talked about on my list so far, except for the way back, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nice. I gotta, I gotta get around to the rest of those because uh, I really liked the the one that I saw. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Mangrove. That's all I really got to say about it. Nice. Uh, all right, my fourteen uh, then is the Invisible Man. Oh, nice, nice. Which, yeah, that's this was later one of on the uh, this was one of the first like bigger movies that came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was all VOD, I'm pretty sure. I don't think it had a theater run at all. Um, no, which is a shame. It would have been great in the theaters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed The Invisible Man. At times, it was almost a little too... It, it didn't, I guess, exceed... Like the people, uh, um, the people not believing her yes aspect i can see that yeah yeah there's some there's some things that i thought that were too like over the top and uh, yeah like it didn't seem uh very realistic to me which i know there's like a lot of like unrealistic stuff that happens yeah uh too uh regardless but i think that there was some really good tension in it and i was just happy to see another like thriller movie like this that also felt almost like a popcorn thriller to me in a sense it's like not super hard to follow or or tell what's going on um but uh yeah i still i really enjoyed invisible man yeah and it it kept me on the edge of my seat at times too so yeah yeah Uh, yeah. there's a lot of clips i see on like instagram of uh how they like shot that that one scene like the kitchen scene where the guy with the green screen on is like holding her up and it's just so crazy. Like yeah. that scene's so nuts. Yeah, I, I actually I really enjoyed the times when they yeah they're back at like the house and yeah uh, and he is invisible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love just scary. all the the sets to like the big houses are especially like her old her ex boyfriend's house is so I don't know like dark. It's so dark and creepy and like it's on an island and. Yeah. Like it, it takes forever just to get up to the doorway. It's just, it's so memorable and cinematic in that aspect. And the fact that it's on the beach. Um, yeah. I thought this was very, very well done. It's actually, I mean, it's spoiler. It's my number 10. Um, I really like this movie. Um, I just, just, just cause I think it's just so well uh it's so it just it looks so great and uh the tension is so well uh directed um yeah really like the invisible man all right my number 14 yeah 14 yeah so my number 14 is um it's an hbo max movie uh steven soderbergh's let them all talk um with meryl streep and lucas hedges I did not get around to this one. This is a movie that, like, I feel like when you describe it, if you're going to describe it to someone and try to, like, get them to, like, watch it or, like, just some random person, they'd be like, that just sounds, like, ridiculous. You watch <laughs> that in your spare time. But um, I don't know if you're, like, a movie person or a film person or 
I, 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 I don't know. I, for me, it was like, oh, I gotta watch that. Like <laughs> Soderbergh's new movie and Meryl Streep's in it. I'm checking that out. Um, because it's, it's like a, basically Meryl Streep plays like a, uh, very self-obsessed, uh, uh, pretentious, uh, writer, um, who decides to take a cruise uh, on her <laughs> a cruise to her new book tour, um, like with her like publicist, with her like I think Lucas Hedges plays um, like her nephew, yeah, and then some like old friends of hers, um, who she really has lost kind of lost touch with because she is so obsessed with her career. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like a lot of scenes of like. Meryl and her 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 friends who are all like old as well and they're just like enjoying this cruise but like there's a clear distance between them uh and stuff and uh and it's a lot it's a lot just based on like how the how uh Meryl's character just like affects all these other people on the on the ship around her um and and kind of just gives a little backstory to them as well um and a lot of self-reflection on her own life um in way and in ways it's one of those where i could see like myself going to the theater and a bunch of like like only like old people are in the theater seeing it yeah <laughs> um but for me it's like it's like a cool movie because like, uh, I don't know, Steve, Steve, it's Steven Soderbergh. Soderberg, so man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't know. I liked it. It's also, it, it is at the same time, like an old timers flick. Um, but I, you know, I'm the amount of, with the amount of movies there are about, um, writers make being one of them. I'm totally down to watch another one, especially <laughs> one with like Meryl Streep. Uh, playing the role mm -hmm. yeah and Soderbergh just he usually does something at least of quality uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah um and he just I like to support him because he just makes so many movies and uh yeah. uh they all just look phenomenal and are like very uh ingrained in uh just what movies should be mm -hmm. you know he he's made... one of the didn't he have a couple come out last year? You probably was last year or was last year like High Flying Bird? I think High Flying Bird and the Laundromat. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah. The yeah, Laundromat is such a weird movie. <laughs> but High Flying Bird I like a lot. Yeah, it's it's just crazy that he Yeah. Yeah, uh, that he works. He's just much. one of the last like, you know, auteurs mm -hmm. too. Um there's also this uh, thing that he releases apparently every, every year. It's like what he is consumed um, uh, like media and like book wise over the course of the year. And like, so he has like a 2021. Um, I don't know if he's actually done this any other, any other year, but 2020 there's a list of like what he watched like and read every day, like movies, shows, like documentaries, plays, books. And I looked at it and I, I I got such enjoyment out of it because like it's exactly like what we do on this show, you know? And so 
and just to see so, like you know how a director i really like is you know just as into doing this as like me i am is just you know motivates me to keep doing it <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah i'm gonna check out that list yeah i don't know how how does he have the time to i guess in 2020 it makes more sense but that's what i'm saying like <laughs> how does a he lot do it feature films and stuff yeah yeah wow and yeah then to have like his own time to like write and mm -hmm. create his own things yeah he's insane yeah yep or he's unsane oh oh that's a soderbergh <laughs> deep cut there yeah yeah <laughs> uh all right which number was that 14 just a second yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 14 yeah I'm so bad at uh just like i'm so bad this at this <laughs> uh okay my number 13 is uh the king of staten island nice yeah coming up on my list as well yeah uh we talked about this uh a decent amount when it came yep. out too this was yep we both like it like it very much yeah. yeah i was looking forward to this one a lot uh i do i do like pete davidson overall definitely yeah you know, there's some some uh i don't know annoying things about him but uh oh for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think for everyone sure. would agree it's, but it's weird yeah. how he's on uh on snl and doesn't seem to have uh the necessarily like the talent like for that specific show yeah right yeah and he and it's like he and the rest of the show seem to be very open about that fact too yeah, uh, yeah, and he's kind of like there just to bounce off the bids. Yeah, there's um one sketch I saw. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's one with Adam Driver. I forget what it's called. Um, but Adam Driver plays like a Daniel Plainview type guy from Is There he Will like Be a Blood. He's comes in onto like career day. Yes, I've and seen. Him. Yeah. He's like. I've been in the oil industry <laughs> for 10 years. So he's kind of like, it's kind of like a, there will be blood thing, but if they do their own thing with it and he's just really intense with oh, the yeah. class and he's like, look at me, boy. <laughs> yeah. And, and he just keeps going like, I crushed the competition into the ground. <laughs> it's just like the funniest thing ever. And, I, I think Pete Davidson's just like presence in that is kind of funny because he's just like, mm -hmm. you could tell he can't contain how he can't contain himself with Adam driver, just going nuts in that sketch. Yeah. Uh, I, so that was good. one of the best so sketch, the one of the best SNL sketches in recent memory for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Um, but on top of that, Pete Davidson, you know, you could say, okay, then he's a, uh, you know, he's more of a cerebral stand-up type. But then you like watch his special and I'm just like, that wasn't that great either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. Cause there's like, he, he definitely has had some, like he'll go on weekend update and he'll say yeah, and jokes. He, and I've, I found those yeah. like enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. So he does have, you know, he does have some funny like quips and funny bits that he's been a part of, but uh, yeah. Then there's also times where it's like, man, I don't, yeah, this guy this guy has it all right now, but uh yeah. It's just yeah, it's it's kind of weird. But um but King of Staten Island is actually, yeah. you know, very good and I I'm very personal um to him mm -hmm. and I'm happy for him that he was able to make something that is uh so good and personal for him and 
And when I saw this movie, I think I was like, you know, he plays like a 25 year old kid who lives at home and smokes weed. And I was doing that exact thing <laughs> while I was watching this movie, um, you know, except I think I was a 26 year old. So for me, it was like um, very therapeutic to watch this movie. It's, it's mm -hmm. just very self-indulgent for me. Um, yeah, so I on a personal level, I really liked it. And also just the fact that Steve Buscemi and Bill Burr are just killing it as this um, yeah, the fire department guys was great. Yeah, that was almost my favorite part about it. Was just like I think uh, so too. Yeah, his relationship with uh, Bill Burr and the the rest of the firehouse guys. Yeah, um, Steve Buscemi is just like such a great actor. Like oh, man, yeah. you just put him anywhere, he'll deliver. Yeah, he could. He'll he'll be do, the... He could do comedy, drama, whatever. Yeah, anything yeah. between. Yeah. And just his place in this movie in particular, like he has to give that one monologue where like why his father died, like it meant something to the fire department, you know? Yeah. Like he just delivers that perfectly. And it's probably like the most uh, emotional uh, scene in the movie. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I would say this, uh, I could see this movie definitely resonating more with like, with guys our age. Yeah, it's like, the, uh, it's the man child yeah uh aspects totally. yeah yeah because i yeah i definitely it definitely resonated uh, a lot with me too and yeah uh, i've seen some people you know give it negative reviews and i can kind of i can just see that it, there's definitely not much to take away for like the general audience um but yeah i think people yeah. get tired of like judd apatow's fascination with the man child yeah um but as a man child i i won't get tired of it i yeah. like it <laughs> yeah same uh yeah but i yeah i really liked it and uh great cast too oh marissa tomei i forgot she's, she's yeah plays the mom yeah, the mom, yeah. and Bell i also Pauly was great too as like his, is his girlfriend, girlfriend. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i was about to say i really like the final scene where he really kind of shows some level of commitment to her i thought it was just really sweet Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and i thought she was really good in it yeah and i uh you know to uh back up pete davidson after we kind of like tore his career apart a little bit <laughs> i he's really good in <laughs> yeah he was see this i didn't really like him in big time adolescence yeah yeah exactly it like it was because he i it just didn't seem very natural but yeah. uh this yeah, he where he's playing like a version of himself. It's much more personal. Like he, yeah, uh, obviously, like he he plays himself very well. But I think it was a lot probably easier for him to get into this character because it is it is who he is. So yeah, I thought it was really well done and uh, yeah, yeah, good movie. It was my number one on my list for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think same uh, same for me. Yeah. All right, my number thirteen is. Regina King's uh, director, not directorial debut. She's probably directed other things, so I don't want to, I don't want to make that claim prematurely. Um, she's also directed "Let the Church Say Amen," a movie I have not seen. Um, but it's "One Night in Miami." I believe it's an Amazon Prime original. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm mad I haven't seen this yet. Yeah. This there's a chance. All right, so there's 
this this movie maybe I I maybe ranked it a little higher than I should have, but still I think it's still in the good category mm-hmm. of the movies. Um, ba- basically, this follows a a night in Miami where um, African American icons uh, Cassius Clay, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown are like kind of hanging out together in a hotel room after, um, you know, Cassius Clay who's about to like change his name to Muhammad Ali kind of like becomes the champion of the world. Um, and they're kind of all like super young and like their careers are just taken off and they're um, about to like become the incredible icons that they became for um, black culture. Um, and I, I think one of the problems with this movie that I may be overlooking is the fact that um, this movie is a little overwritten and very preachy. Um, like it's a lot of like, it's a lot of Malcolm X calling out um, like these guys for like not being, you know, totally the way he, you know, like not having the same philosophy as him. Um and they're kind of always just yelling back at him because like, we got, we're doing it, you know, this way, blah, blah, blah. And then they're kind of like getting defensive because Malcolm, Malcolm is really trying to take uh, Cassius Clay and, you know, you, you sort of use him for, um, you know, um, the Islamic religion and, um, you know, like, and like, he's really encouraging the name change. And then if Malcolm X, you know, creates his own sector of the Islamic faith. He's hoping that um, Muhammad Ali will be able to really be there to like promote uh, that and make it make it happen and like make his you know like move forward his ra- radical movement. Um, so this is a very this is very heavy stuff. Um, as um, I'm realizing as I'm explaining it, and um, I, but it's like really fascinating. But also a little, you know, preachy and pl- feels like very, you know, like like a playwright and and you know in an obvious way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I overall I think it's just pretty well done and uh, you know very interesting. Um, and I think all the the actors are uh, very good as these very iconic guys. It's not like um, it's not like straight out of Compton where I'm watching and it's very obvious like impressions of ice cube and uh dr dre um and stuff like that if that you really feel like uh the layers in these guys um you also see the and the movie ends with you seeing um like sam cook performing like a change is going to come for the the first time which is i've you know really liked and um it, like there's like an arc with sam cook you know not like writing as like poetic things as Bob Dylan necessarily. And then he kind of goes like, well, I'm, I'm writing something new. And then he like, he goes on like Johnny Carson and performs a change is going to come. And it, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of good things, just very kind of exhausting and preachy to watch. Hmm. I could see that. I mean, just with the, the characters, yeah the real people involved it seems like it would be uh it would be preachy yeah yeah so my 12 is 
Sound of Metal, uh, which I'm pretty oh, sure you saw okay. too. Yep, that's on my coming up on my list. Uh, yeah, Sound of Metal. Uh, I uh, thought was really really well done. Um, basically, yeah, this drummer uh, he begins to lose his hearing, and it's uh, a lot. I think, I think uh, you know, regardless of of who you are, um, the the idea of um, hearing for your whole life and then all of a sudden losing yeah. that ability that's yeah pretty terrifying uh yeah. and so yeah especially when uh his whole life is revolved around uh you know, music and drumming uh mm-hmm. and i think that's what the movie does really well is um tapping into like you know that impending uh fear and sort of denial about on being handicapped and yeah yeah on becoming yeah. handicapped when you spend the rest of your life yeah uh, not being that way so i think uh yeah it's it's a good journey on sort of him accepting accepting what has happened to him in his life and getting over that denial and anger and obviously like the the sound design uh, is great sound design is incredible in this movie and yep yeah i think that uh obviously if you're making a movie like this that's got to be um a major part of it and it was and riz ahmed is really great too yeah um, yeah, it's just a solid movie overall. I uh... yeah, I, I think so too. And I think because I um, there were some things I liked so much about it, like uh, Riz Ahmed, um, for instance. I is I, I'm always into anything he does, and that's the only reason why I uh, really watched this movie. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have known about it. Um, and then uh, I love his girlfriend uh, Olivia Cook. She's really great as well um yeah. uh and i think there's definitely like uh yeah like maybe storytelling things that you could uh uh quabble with such you know because he's always you know like very obviously like, you know he's like i can't hear all the time and stuff yeah. like that um but i think just because the acting is really good and the filmmaking is really good i and i i think it, i watched it at a time where i really needed to see just a good movie mm-hmm. um, that I was just like all for it. Um, I was all for it and like thought, I thought, you know, like it's a masterpiece, <laughs> you know, <laughs> immediately. Not to say it's not, but I, I think there's probably, if I would re- were to rewatch it, I would have more uh, problems with it than I did. Um, also, on a personal level, I fear, I have a fear of losing my hearing. So this movie kind of resonated with me. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, uh, right now this happens about once a year, my ears get really clogged and I have to like get them. I have to go to the that's doctor the... for it. And I oh, get... see, that's the exact problem I'm having. I thought that I've had tinnitus for a couple years, but I think it's actually my ears clogged. So apparently yeah. uh, my, my brother was telling me that I should go to Walgreens and get this thing to unclog, like a funnel that unclogs my ears. Yeah. So I've done, I've had. So this is good. We're talking about this because it's something I need to take care of. Yes. This is um, something we both, yeah, we both deal with. Uh, so you go to, that. I think a lot of guys deal with this actually. Like I, I have some friends who are saying that they thought like they had tinnitus and then yeah. they just unclogged their ears and um but apparently you're not supposed to use it. Like a friend of mine used a Q-tip to do it. And I've heard that you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. I've had, I you're... completely stopped using Q-tips. 
yeah um, because of it and i think i used to i used to use them a lot but i don't so much yeah ear ear stuff tweaks me out uh, like a lot yeah but uh my yeah my brother-in-law um deals with it too so he like but uh you basically put uh hydrogen peroxide in there and then do a couple drops Mm -hmm. let it sit and you lay on like the other side that has helped a little bit but um every time my ears have gotten like this clogged i've usually just go to the doctor because it doesn't like when i try to do it at home it doesn't really like fully take care of it and then i'm also getting nervous that i'm gonna do more damage damage yeah but it's honestly I know one that. of the most satisfying feelings is when you go to the doctor and they flush your ears out it's like i can't i can't wait man i can't yeah. wait <laughs> well yeah because i've been um as you i as as you know i've been like doing like music stuff yeah yeah and like so like the sound of metal i have ex- like exposure to like noise a lot and um it, and so i like worry like, like i've worried i'm like oh, do i have tinnitus all of a sudden you know sh- shit like that but i'm pretty sure it's the earwax thing yeah yeah i think because i i definitely i go down the rabbit hole of like oh my god something's like permanently wrong with me like yeah i do i do too all the time yeah. um but I, and i also have the feeling of fullness in my right ear mm-hmm. um and i think that's like excessive wax and my yeah. ear gets like crusty yeah that's yeah that's and exactly. gross yeah. yeah i went to i went to the doctor at some point last year and they just told me like every few months to take like warm water droplets and just like drop them in my ear and then yeah try to let it out i haven't actually tried that yet but uh that's something i i really need to take care of this i keep delaying it <laughs> yeah me too uh no one is more frustrated about it than uh than carly though who has to repeat like everything she says. oh she does she does it too well, no, she has to like repeat everything she says because I can't hear her half the time. Oh, oh, yeah, no. When I'm at Benny's, um, I have to be like phone number, and then I go, "What's that? Six three what?" <laughs> Plus, people are wearing masks now, so like it's even harder. Yeah, to hear exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I'm just like the young guy who's like already losing his hearing, <laughs> um, like Riz Ahmed in The Sound of Metal. Yeah, yeah, tying it back. Um, yeah. All right, so is it uh, my number 12? Yes, yeah. No more ear talk. Uh, You're on out, yeah. Uh, my number, yeah, no more ear talk. But I'm glad we brought that up. Um, my number 12, I know, is on your list as well, like uh, probably further down. It's uh, Palm Springs, uh, uh, the uh, Andy Sandberg, uh, Kristen Milioti, J.K. Simmons, yeah. Uh, groundhog day modern groundhog day drink fest movie which pretty much everyone liked yeah yeah (laughs) there's not a soul that didn't like it yeah exactly yeah uh i think we talked about this for a bender episode uh too but uh yeah i was at first concerned about just how they would pull off redoing like the groundhog day formula but uh yeah i think they did it did it really yeah that it was really they fun. did it in a unique yeah. way like a character with like the fact that it is like it's not about getting out of it it's like an endless thing mm-hmm. you know like and about adjusting to that like edge of tomorrow is and is about getting out of it as well uh, yeah. yeah yeah i really uh, enjoyed palm springs it was definitely number one on my list for a long time too until uh, I yeah i think so too <laughs> Uh, speaking of movies with this formula, uh, when I had COVID on Groundhog Day, I rewatched Groundhog Day, 
which oh, I think nice. I'm gonna do. Every, I wish I think I'm gonna do every year now because I fucking love that movie. Yeah, that was on. Uh, I forget where I was, but that was on TV sometime recently when I was. Yeah, I just had to sit down and watch it. Yeah, yeah. If you ever wanted to talk about it for a revisited episode, I'd I'd be down. Let's I have do some. I have some things to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm for sure down for that. Um, my number 11's Mank, um, which Mank. we talked oh, okay. about. Um, I guess one more, a couple more things I'll say about Mank is I'd, I would like uh, more than rewatching Mank. I want to rewatch uh, Citizen Kane. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. Actually, I uh, I haven't seen it since college when we watched it in like a class. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same. Yeah, it's one of those movies. Yeah, but I haven't. Yeah, I haven't watched it on my own time to really like um yeah to take it in i don't see it being like one of those where i watch it again and it being like a chore i can see myself watching it and be like oh yeah this, this is really great it is good <laughs> enjoy- oh, okay, yeah. yeah yeah i'm enjoying this nice so um, yeah mank so my number 11 is promising young woman so this is with carrie mulligan uh and she basically takes just takes revenge on uh... um, on men she basically like baits in men who are uh, in a way predatory and i was trying to find this movie to watch it and because everyone likes it and um i just like there are the movies that i should have seen that i didn't see weren't free and i didn't want to you know go down the payment path i guess i had high expectations for it and it didn't really uh, I didn't necessarily meet them, but uh, right. still, still liked it a lot. Overall. Yeah, um, still close to the top ten, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It almost didn't uh, for me. Again, there was another movie on my list that I said a similar thing, but it, I feel like it couldn't decide whether it wanted to be like all out, like uh, a comedy, like making fun of these guys, or you know, really say have some like social commentary on predatory men uh and everything mm. because right and i don't I, I feel like it didn't really it didn't mesh together super well but mm-hmm. there was parts that i thought were really funny and parts that i thought were uh really uh just really well done um from a filmmaking standpoint but uh yeah carrie mulligan is great in it and uh, i think she plays this character really well as she sort of pl- she pretends to be drunk in like these clubs and all sloppy and then uh these men take take her home with them and then she basically humiliate humiliates them by uh revealing that she wasn't really like that she's sober and she um doesn't yeah. sleep with them yeah she just wants to like humiliate them based on something that happened to a friend of hers right uh, in the past um but yeah it's uh it's really good i th- i think uh still one of my favorite movies of the year obviously and i don't think it necessarily goes all out as much as it could right or, right like the premise has more to explore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's much more service level. But uh, with that being said, I feel like it's really accessible uh, because of okay. that. So, yeah. All right. I still want to see it. Yeah. And uh, Bo Burnham's in it too. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My number 10 um, was Invisible Man. Uh, don't have anything else to say about that. All right. My uh, number 10 is The Kid Detective. Um, what is that so the kid detective (laughs) i uh 
I'd seen someone watch on Letterboxd and I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And then I looked into it a little bit more and yeah, and watched it fairly recently. But uh, it's it stars Adam Brody, uh, who is also in The Promise, in Promising Young Woman. Oh, nice. But uh, he's this uh, guy in his 30s who, as a young kid, kid detective and he was solving crimes for people like mm-hmm. uh, like oh who stole my bubble gum or like who stole from the ice cream shop you know like yeah really minor like kid stuff like that and he and then it gets like real yeah and then he gets uh he gets older and he's still pretending like he's this like detective still doing this but everybody sort of hates him because he's never like done anything with his life like he's pretty pathetic uh pathetic guy but uh he still is in, in this mindset of he's a great detective. He's still just like waiting for like his big case. And, uh, and he's always like, he, it's a, it's a dark comedy and it's uh it's really funny, but it also, it gets to a point where the crime that he ends up um, trying to solve is like really real. And uh, you know, this, it's this girl's boyfriend who goes missing and she tasks him to uh like he he had at one point found or been tasked with finding this girl's mom's cat that went missing Mm -hmm. that was his previous case so this girl comes about her missing boyfriend and all of a sudden he has this real case to take on um and uh yeah i actually i really enjoyed the kid detective i think it would be um i don't have it higher up in my top 10 i think because just i think there are some movies that are just simply better than it that came out this year but out of just pure enjoyment, um, this this is for sure yeah. one of my favorite movies of the year that I'll definitely watch again. Yeah, it's it's really funny, and I think Adam Brody is great at this guy who he tries to like play up how you know he calls all everything that he solves like a mystery or like a case, and it's really not that big. Yeah, deal. but um, so it's kind of like Hubie Halloween. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> And I think if this were like a big studio comedy, it would have starred Jesse Eisenberg. And yeah. I don't think it would have been as good with Jesse Eisenberg. So I'm glad that Adam Brody is in yeah. it. Because, uh, yeah. I think he plays his character really well. But yeah, Kid Detective, I would recommend. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I should check that out. My number nine is Pixar's Soul. Yeah, which maybe I could have put higher, but I don't know. As I'm going through, I, you know, I could, you could change this for over and over again Mm -hmm. and i just don't think i spent as much time on this list as previous years it's just you know i think it's been this way for months like set in stone Mm -hmm. um but you know souls the obvious well-liked um pixar movie of the year um and it's it is it's very well done has a good message for uh children and humanity and uh and really has that modern uh, imaginative imagination that kind of takes like it makes uh, kind of like the af- after after life like mortality you know the mortality seemed like weirdly not uh, incredibly dark and magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've, I, for the most part, I, I, li- I like this movie. I'd say my one thing with it is kind of like inside out in that it's like very uh, on the nose um, yeah. in its message. And I know, I know like it's for kids and stuff, but I would argue that like our, our Pixar movies as kids um, were, are just like 
the messages are very like in between the line, in between the lines and very, um, you almost have to be an adult to like read them. Yeah. Um, and it's what makes them so, uh, so great. And that's like, I'm trying to like put down soul, but I'm just saying like why I didn't like, I wasn't like, I, I liked it, but I wasn't like over the moon about soul. Yeah. It, it was much more obvious than I thought it would be. Um, much more yeah. just like presented straightforward. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it was kind of one of those where like, once I saw what they were doing, I, I became almost a little less interested, you know, like, mm -hmm. like I was really into it at the beginning when Jamie Foxx is talking about his like passion for music and it shows him like playing the keys and it's just like, you know, and it's just like, you know, it shows him playing all over the screen and yeah, stuff like that. that. Was awesome. yeah. It was, yeah, it was so great. And like the animation specifically, I, I am into the animation on Earth in the movie more than I am in uh, space because it feels more like all fluffy and uh, artificial. Um, but the animation on like in like New York City with him at the jazz clubs, I thought was like incredible. Yeah. And so since the movie is more about leaving that like dream place, which I kind of got into I, like at the beginning, I, I, I was, I was a little less interested because I felt that's when it became more like this children's movie about, uh, you know, learning to, you know, really appreciate things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and which is, which is good, which is good and all. And it is good. It is good. But um, mm -hmm. I, I just like, was it, I wasn't like, I didn't like I didn't like five star or anything like that. Mm. Yeah, I think like you said, I am so I was so into uh what's his name? Joe. Yeah, I was so into like Joe's Joe, life. Yeah, yeah like the opening, uh, I got really immediately pulled yeah. in. And I wasn't necessarily as I wasn't as necessarily as vested into Tina Fey's character story, which yeah, because like what are intertwined with it? Yeah, yeah, and I, I wasn't in when he died. I was kind of like disappointed. I'm like, and I know that's the point of the movie. I was like, what about his jazz career? And <laughs> it's kind of um, anticlimactic from a storytelling standpoint mm -hmm. to be like, well, the whole point is nothing happens, and it's the arc is learning to appreciate eating pizza and you know just daily living you know what i mean <laughs> like when the most magical moments of the movie to me were watching his like love for playing jazz piano mm -hmm. yeah like i and thought I, that was so great i have seen some criticisms of it that it would have been better if they if they you even left the entire that entire part out of it um where he dies yeah. and, and it's Same, just but that's him. like yeah yeah, which is everything. It, it just like just kind of try to outdo Ryan Gosling and La La Land because they were <laughs> on that route pretty much. Yeah, yeah. There were times where I, uh, I think I was really hoping to enjoy certain parts more than I did. Yeah, I would be like, oh, this like, certainly. Oh, I bet I'm gonna love this part, and it's like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. it was it was nice. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But um, I yeah, I love the music in it, both the jazz mm -hmm. stuff and the um. Uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross music too, which it's so crazy to me that uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails uh, is doing Pixar. Yeah. Now. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I really liked the music uh, immediately when you fall into like the, uh, the mm -hmm. life part or uh, yeah. 
the souls are. Um, yeah, it's better that like movies. We still need movies like this. We very much need movies like this today. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy it, it came out and that um, uh, Jamie Fox and the crew are getting so much buzz. The movies gained so much buzz. Yeah, because uh, it's like an original. It's an original movie, and people are into it. And, you know, exactly. if that's the case, please. <laughs> yeah. So my number nine is Small Axe, uh, Lovers Rock, which I know. You okay, saw. that's perfect. It's an overlap. We can yep. both talk about it because um, it's coming up on my list. Yeah. And that's that's the one that everyone was really over, um, overblown with, and I was kind of like, what What is that? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Right. Yeah um and yeah it's that thing is great that is just like my my language Mm -hmm. yeah i uh i mainly watched it first out of these small acts ones because it was the shortest (laughs) um because i think it was just like 80 minutes or something but um there's also just a very like pleasant thing to watch in a way Mm -hmm. just experience like sort of slice of life Mm -hmm. time period um yeah with this group of people yeah it was really uh yeah it was it was just nice give me yeah it's almost like watching a concert film where you're just like bobbing your head over and over again it's it's great a concert film where you only focus on like the crowd yeah Mm -hmm. cool yeah all right so my number eight is the king of staten island (laughs) no need to talk about it again (laughs) uh all right yeah then my number eight is first cow which is another oh yeah that's also on my list so we could talk about that um i yeah i really need to watch it again i love it um uh kelly is it kelly kelly reichardt yeah right that's it yep yeah she's i've i've loved i've loved uh absolutely loved everything i've seen her do um and i i also i i also just really loved first cow and uh, it was definitely one where I, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, John, John should see this. He would like it." Yeah, yeah I love First Cow. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, this, this again, like, uh, like Lovers Rock, is it's just like sort of a nice watch. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's uh, comforting in a way. Just this yeah, friendship and, story, and also, yeah, it's a little bit sad too, but. And uh, it's also just got that like indie chill like like Jim Jarmusch, like poetry to it to where, you know, it's just, yeah, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I still, uh, I've been slacking on Kelly Reichardt movies, but uh, just watching that one made me want to watch, you know, Wendy and Lucy. And uh, Oh, that's your, your first one. Yeah. That's my first one. So, Oh, nice. But it's uh, yeah, it's gotten me interested to see, see the rest of her stuff. Uh, my number seven is Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yes. Also uh, higher up on my list. Yeah. Um, this is one that I need to watch again really badly because I kind of like, I missed the connection between like the first part and like the second part, you know, the transition from the uh, existential awkward dialogue scenes to like the musical Mm-hmm. I was kind of like trying to figure out like why that choice was made, but I was also like, but this is brilliant, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So I should, I, I really need to watch again, but I, I do think like everything, Charlie, it's really, it's hard. It's impossible for Charlie Kaufman not to do something brilliant. So, and yeah. also that like is very touching and sad and um, philosophical. So uh, I really liked this. And uh, Jesse Plemons, I also thought was a uh, really good and perfect for this uh, movie. 
Yeah. I, I loved, uh, I'm thinking of ending things and I, it was very much had to do with, uh, I think the mindset I was in when I watched it too. And, uh, the setting, oh, I thought, uh, Jesse Buckley, she's, she's awesome. She did, uh, yeah. she did a movie I really liked last year where she was like a singer. I can't think of the name now, but, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she's great. And Jesse Plemons, obviously he's like one of the best around right now, but, um, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I watched this on like a gloomy day when I was home alone and it was just after like the holidays and I sort of had, I was just like feeling down after traveling January and yeah, typical January mood, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it, there was a lot that I found that uh, there was a lot that resonated with me and I was like, oh my God, like I totally get this. Like this is this is like mm-hmm. speaking to me right now. And then something else would happen. I'm like, maybe I don't get this. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I found that with Charlie Kaufman, hap- like that happens a lot where I'd be like, oh, yeah. I, yes, yeah. yes, this is like, this is like. Synodoki, Syn- Syn- New York, or however you say uh, it was that yes, way Synecdoche, for me. New York, yeah. Synecdoche, oh my God, I always say it wrong. Nah, it's a weird um, but, word, yeah. But yeah, that movie, exactly. Yeah, it's just like uh, once he starts to like create the city uh, itself, I was just like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And that's yeah, it's I think that's um, I was like comfortable with that fact. I was comfortable with taking away what I um, I don't know. You thought you knew. Yeah. What I thought I knew, what how it like affected me, like being okay even if I'm wrong, because I still got that feeling from from watching it. Yeah, he always takes like a surreal turn that's very unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I loved, uh, I loved this movie. So, yeah. All right. Since I'm thinking of ending th- ending things, um, well, your number seven, John. My number what seven about? is uh, Possessor, which is a movie by David. Yeah, the the really cool son. cover. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son, and. Uh, Yes, their styles are like very similar, so um, you can you can tell that they're related. But uh, yeah, it's uh, sort of in this neo futuristic world. the uh, The main character she is this uh, she's an assassin, um, where you you take control of other people's bodies. You know, you possess their bodies, and so you can. So then they use that to basically frame other people for assassinations, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, to me like i was just hooked on that premise alone that sounds really cool and everything and yeah uh, i was definitely very captivated by it and there's also more um there's uh, more to the story than just being that too you know there's a relationship with um this woman and how she just feels disconnected from reality and her family because she's sort of living this she's living as a different person all the time so um yeah i really loved possessor um i think it's definitely more than just like a cool concept and like a cool uh world it's uh also like the 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 story is very engaging and thrilling and uh yeah like yeah this is one everyone saw that i wish i (laughs) i also saw (laughs) yeah i think you would enjoy it too yeah Yeah, not in on the party with this one uh but cool that's your number seven number seven yep all right, so my number six is the Lovers Rock, so we can move on from that. Uh, then my my number six is Palm Springs. Okay, I got that. For time's sake, let's not talk about it more. Yeah. Um, my number five is Sound of Metal, and we oh, 
we already talked about that. I'm really starting to think more about this earwax removal problem I got. I'm probably going to take care of it in the next couple of days because of our episode, our uh, talks on the sound of metal. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't, don't hold off on that for sure. Um, <laughs> and then my number five is soul. So we've covered that. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're knocking these out in the top 10. Wow, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> Making it look easy out here. <laughs> uh, all right. So <laughs> enough with being lazy. Number four is a movie that I have to talk about um, because it's not on our list yet. Uh, it's never, rarely, sometimes, always. Mm-hmm. This is a great uh, film. Um about uh, the burdens of being a young woman, woman in America. Um, basically, this uh, girl, this girl, um, kind of seeks out um, an abortion in New York City, um, coming from r- rural Pennsylvania, where it's not offered as much. And it kind of just shows the the complications of um, having to do that, um, and like how. Uh, difficult and uh, kind of secretive and uh, um, shameful she feels like coming from where she's coming from as a young girl. Um, And it's very um, eye-opening and uh, touching also in those regards and uh, just very necessary for, uh, uh, you know, the progress that needs to be done for uh, uh, women in this uh, particular area. so very important, very touching, and, and uh, just a well-made film. And uh, as like specifically in the end, uh, uh, like there's a sense of relief when she um, does what she needs to do. And so like, it, you know, like this is what films are supposed to do. It's like put you in another person's shoes where you're le- like, like a woman, like something I would not be able to uh, experience and feel these types of feelings. And um, so yeah, one of the, one of the most important movies of the year, if not, uh, the most important that, that I saw. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get around to that one, uh, too. Um, all right. Yeah. My number four then is Tenet. Okay, cool. Yeah. Two birds. Two birds. Uh, one stone. Yeah. This is, uh, my number two on the list. Yeah. Tenet. Uh, I think we... I think we talked about it on the podcast both after you seen, had seen it in the theaters and then after I had seen it. I um, actually haven't seen heard your thoughts. I think on oh, Tenet. Yeah, yeah, maybe we didn't. Uh, but yeah, I really, uh, I really enjoyed Tenet, and I think it. Uh, uh, maybe it had just been a while since I'd seen a Christopher Nolan movie, <laughs> but I wasn't, I wasn't fully like ready for how much I have to follow. It's impossible to be ready for what think, happens. Yeah, and then I think once I let go of um, feeling like I need to be ready and I just experienced it for what it was, I think I that's when I started to like it a lot more. Because mm-hmm. um, at first I was a little skeptical because I was like, oh, hang on. So who is this? What's going on? What are they doing? Because mm-hmm. I feel like it moves very fast. But then um, I, I think I could sort of just follow along and then sort of try to piece it together after I after you, you you know you move through it um yeah and just for like the act, action sequences alone you know, yeah like airport and uh and everything i just uh thought it was yeah really uh really amazing and definitely um 
yeah my favorite christopher nolan film the past like i don't know 10 years maybe yeah yeah for me personally like i don't understand this movie at all and i like don't really try to you know like that's not really what was like um important for me or why i liked it i just really liked just the fact that he was like going for it in this mm. level you know what i mean like all the <laughs> all the set pieces are like the crate arguably the craziest spy sequences that have ever been done and yeah. he's already like been the biggest director arguably of our generation and just the scale of movies he's made and just the fact that he still is just going for it at an un at an incredibly ambitious level mm-hmm. and and that he kind of pulls it off and it happens to be like really cool because his actors are also so great too and so committed and and i i feel like this is also one that isn't as reliant on its screenplay as like say something like inception which is why i like kind of like that more i just felt like man like if you're into like spy espionage films this is like uh going to blow your mind it's like guaranteed yeah Yeah, i mean i was just so just captivated by all the different set pieces and yeah when you go back to the airport, uh, you know, scene after it already happened, uh-huh. that yeah, just like blew my mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Chris Renault, he yeah. he goes all the he fuck goes out. for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the final like battle scene is just so insane. The scale yeah. of that, like, yeah. are you kidding? Are you kidding me? That was so hard for my for my little brain to comprehend. At the <laughs> <time>. <laughs> well, yeah, and then there's like buildings being like recreated and yeah. shit. You're just like, what the hell is going on? Like, I don't even know what the motive of the characters are really at all in, yeah. at that moment in time. And there's yeah, there's just so many different people, and yeah, it's just like trying to figure <laughs> out who's who's who, yeah. who's trying to kill yeah. who, who's yeah. Like, and audience, I think audiences don't like it because they're of the confusion aspect, but. I'm I was just like along for the ride and I just mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I think uh yeah, like I said, once I let go of trying to like wreck my brain around everything, like Yeah. that, that it's just going to ruin the movie for you. So you yeah, you Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I I agree. Yeah. If we had more time, I would talk more about Tenet, but mm-hmm. we do not. <laughs> we are right at the towards the end of the fourth quarter here. Um, so my number three is first cow. We already talked about it. Uh, my number three is another round, um, which, uh, this is the one where I said I, I wanted to see before. This is one, uh, I, uh, I ended up renting because I love Mads Mikkelsen. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this just looked like such a, a great movie that I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I saw it, but uh, yeah, I loved another round. It's uh, these just like college professors who are just kind of frustrated with their personal lives, uh, just their lives in general, decide to test this <laughs> was one. Uh, I think he's a sociologist or psychologist. Mm-hmm. His theory that if you have um, between like point, whatever alcohol level and another, um, if you have like a certain alcohol level, roughly that you'll be more creative and more productive throughout your day. So they go through like they, and they're like super scientific about it, like recording everything. Um, and yeah. And 
ultimately they go they start to go a little overboard and become <laughs> reliant they become alcoholics obviously and so it's uh it's it's really funny but also that sounds like, great it's also super interesting it's like i i almost thought about doing the study myself and then i was like wait no, that's, uh, um that's probably not a good idea yeah but uh it's really like funny but also they uh they uh, get into some real like you know family and relationship shit too um but uh oh man it's a really great movie yeah yeah my like mouth is watering it just sounds like just such a juicy movie for like so much funny shit and like yeah. excellent conflict um oh sounds awesome yeah i was just i was so i had so much fun just watching how invested they were in making like a real like scientific report on on just yeah yeah, yeah. this crazy concept yeah. that's that's hilarious uh, that's so that's your uh, your number three. All right, yep. uh, my number two is Tenet. Tenet, there we go. And my number two, uh, I think, is just probably your number one is uh, David Byrne's American Utopia. Yes, it is. Yeah. This man, this is so good. I watched this towards the. It was like the last thing I watched in my quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah it was so fucking good and so like refreshing of a thing to watch like yeah. it was something we needed this year really badly yeah absolutely yeah i uh yeah i was like on top of the world after i watched it like i uh, yeah i just i watched it late at night and um, same just couldn't take my eyes off the screen and mm -hmm. obviously love all the music and everything yeah yeah it was like a euphoric feeling yeah yeah, it's just like music at the the highest level that like just that just mm -hmm. makes all other music look bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's something I could watch on repeat. Um, mm -hmm. I get tired of. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, in ways like if if David Byrne wasn't so awesome, it could be like you could you you could do like I don't know like an SNL sketch of it or like a documentary <laughs> now thing of it being like. Yeah. Yeah. the most pretentious thing like you've ever seen um but david byrne just is able to pull it off yeah yeah uh yeah not not too much more to say about american utopia but i uh yeah absolutely loved it yeah um okay then right, my, then the, what's left is your number one my number one is i'm thinking of ending things so uh yeah we we talked about that one i think that's yeah. one that you, if you haven't seen it you just gotta experience it yeah and see if you take anything away from it but uh yeah my my number one is i'm thinking of ending things yeah well that's that's where we'll we'll be ending things then yes that's, uh, where that's we're our ending things our top 30 and my top 31 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and our uh, our uh, other miscellaneous picks our other watches besides movies but yeah, yeah. and uh but well, well this was something we just needed to do out of like uh even though it's not definitely not our greatest uh, <laughs> list episode ever, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it was just like out of like uh, habit, we something we needed to do. It's fitting um, for 2020. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 